0: I'm back from being gone for three weeks, and my first Sunday back, I get to follow that. So, um, th- yahoo, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> well, let me, let me share a little bit with you before I jump in. Let me share a little bit of where I've been the last three Sundays, in case you've been wondering. I was on vacation with my family in Idaho. And uh, I brought back a few vacation pictures. I won't bore you too much, but I do want to share a few things. We, we spent a lot of time camping and hiking and fishing in the mountains. And so here's a picture of uh, my kids and a few of their friends at a place called Lake Creek, which I think is a place that has identity confusion. It doesn't know if it's a lake or a creek. But, but we did have a blast, and we threw back um, probably twice as many fish as we actually caught that day, so that was, that was a fun day. Another highlight of our time away, my family took a rafting trip on the Salmon River for a day, and so uh, I, I love this picture. It's a little hard to see, but that's Holland and I on the left side, and then Annie is... I. I hope you can see her face, looking in my, looking back at me, going, "What's going on?" Um, and then Joey has his hat on backwards on the far side, and Michael's in front of me, and then some friends in the in the raft with us. So that was that was a real highlight of the trip as well. And then last weekend, I was actually on a getaway with five friends from college. And we were all born in 1974, so we decided that since we're all hitting a very unfortunate birthday this year, um, that we would all get together and sort of mourn together. So there we are on a golf course in South Lake Tahoe. I'm the only one in that picture, by the way, that has not hit 40 yet, so um, that that happens next month, (laughs) but... Anyway, so that, that was a great trip. I also spent a week of study leave where I was praying and reading and preparing for things that we have ahead. I don't have a picture of that that you can imagine what I 'd look like reading a book, and, and that will be good enough there. Well, I want to tell you how I came about the scripture reading for this morning. I, this is our last Sunday in the series on greater things. And I had a scripture that I had planned on teaching out of 1 Kings, a story of the prophet Elisha. And someday I'm going to preach that sermon because I, I was really excited about it. But uh, something happened along the way that kind of changed my thinking. Um, and Michael, sorry, I know you're sitting there. But, but Michael called me while I was away, and he told me about his plans. And I got to tell you, I was bummed. I, I was seriously Bummed. And my first thought was, no, <laughs> he's so gifted. He, he's made such an impact on our church and on the kids here. And I just, and this church has been through so much transition and change. And I was just like, no, I, you know, I was discouraged. So, I went out one day, and when I had some time, and I went and sat by the river that runs through the town. And I, I sat down and I prayed, and I opened my Bible to Psalm 66. And it spoke to me. And in that time, I decided that I was going to change what I was going to preach on this Sunday, and I was going to preach on this passage Psalm 66. And I think it's a great place for us to end the Greater Things series today. But we're not ending the Greater Things, we're just ending the series. The Greater Things are coming. Uh, this this Psalm 66, it has basically has three parts. It starts off by, uh, by looking at the whole earth, and then it narrows its focus a little bit, and it comes in and it, it looks at the community of God's people. And then in the end, it narrows its focus again in the third section, and it looks at things from an individual perspective. And what I want to do today is read the part of the psalm that, talks to, that, t- that speaks of the community of God's people. So we're going to read Psalm 66, beginning in verse 5. It says, Come and see what God has done. He is awesome in, the deeds, in his deeds among mortals. He turned the sea into dry land. They passed through the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him, who rules by his might forever, whose eyes keep watch on the nations. Let the rebellious not exalt themselves. Bless our God, O peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard, who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip. For you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. You brought us into the net. You laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Yet, you have brought us to a spacious place. This is the word of God. Please pray with me. Lord, I thank you that your word, it's not just words written on a page, but it is alive and active. I thank you for the way it ministers to our hearts and to our souls. And I pray that just as these words ministered to my heart, that they would also speak to every single person who's here today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Psalm 66 tells a little bit of a story of some people who had been through really hard times. And that's something that we all can relate to. We've all been through hard times. And it reminds me of an email that I once got that had a list, just a huge list of signs that it's going to be a bad day. And so what I did is I took that list and I condensed it to 10, and I want to offer to you right now the top 10 signs that it's going to be a bad day. Here we go. Number 10, your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. (laughs) think that's going to happen to me next month, I'm pretty sure. Number 9, your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a motorcycle gang on the freeway. <laughs> Number 8, the bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. <laughs> Number 7, your 4-year-old tells you it's almost impossible to flush a grapefruit down the toilets. Some of these begin to hit kind of close to home. Number six: it costs more to fill up your car than it did for you to buy it. <laughs> Number five: you wake up to the soothing sound of running water, then remember that you just bought a waterbed. Number four: this happens to this happened to my son. Your doctor tells you that you're allergic to chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Number three: your income tax refund check bounces. <laughs> That one got the biggest laugh at all three services. I don't know. Number two, you call your wife to tell her that you'd like to eat out tonight, and when you get home, there's a sandwich on the front porch. Number one, your kids start treating you the same way you treated your parents. So those are some indications that you might be in for a bad day. Well, the nation of Israel, they didn't just have one bad day. In fact, they'd had several bad centuries of slavery in egypt and this passage psalm 66 it reflects on that time and it's it talks about the trials that they endured it says that they were brought into a net so they were captured it says that they had burdens laid on their back they were forced into slavery and that they passed through fire and water both painful and terrifying Many of you can relate to these types of circumstances. Maybe you have felt like you have been ensnared before or that you've had burdens laid upon you. Maybe you have felt like you have walked through the fire or you've barely kept your head above water. I know many of you are dealing with these sorts of things even right now. I know that because you've told me, so many of you, You've told me about families in crisis, feelings of a loss of direction, feelings of insecurity. This psalm speaks hope into those situations, and it reminds us to be faithful to God and to seek Him in prayer, even in the hardest times. We didn't read the end of the psalm, but I do want to read just the last two verses for you right now, because it says this, But truly God has listened. He has given heed to the words of my prayer. Blessed be God, because he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. This is the promise that God will always hear our prayers, that he will never leave us or forsake us, that he will always be with us. And even in those times where he seems absent, he is actually working for good. I believe these words to be true. And I don't just believe them because I've read them in Scripture. I also believe them because I've seen it with my own eyes. I've experienced it in my own life. Let me tell you one experience where that was the case. When I was with these guys this last weekend, we reminisced about a time when my sophomore year roommate, Joe, and I both ended up in the ER on the same night. Here's how it happened. We both went to the gym to play open gym basketball, just pick up games with whoever showed up. And we played several games together, and then we were on different courts for a while. And after a while, I looked around, and I thought, where's Joe? Where did he go? That's weird. And I kind of shrugged it off, and I kept playing. A little bit later, I was exhausted, so I decided to head back to the dorm. And so I was heading out of the gym when some of the guys on one of the courts I hadn't been on yelled up at me, and they said, hey, we only have nine. We need more to run five, one more to run five-on-five. Five. I, I was like literally one foot out the door. I was so close. But I decided to go down and just kind of go through the motions, and I was really tired, so I, I thought I'll just kind of fill a space on the floor. But the competitiveness kind of came up within me during this game, and I, I watched as one of my opponents had a breakaway layup. And I don't care if this was just a simple game of a few guys at 10 o'clock at night. I was not letting him get a breakaway layup. And so I chased him down as fast as I could. And when I got there, as he was releasing the shot, I jumped as high as probably I ever have in my entire life. And it was the greatest block shot in the history of the world. (laughs) Maybe not, but I felt that way. But something happened. I told you I was running as fast as I could, right? So my momentum took me into the guy who shot I just blocked, and he ducked, and my legs hit him, and then I was flying through the air. One of the, it was like slow motion. I had no idea where I was and trying to get my bearings. Finally, I figured out where I was. My head was pointed straight down, and I was about 18 inches off the floor. And that's when everything sped back up, and bam, one of the guys who was in the gym told me later, weeks later, that he thought I'd broken my neck. Um, I was very lu- I'm very lucky to be able to walk to this day. Um, I didn't break my neck, but what I did do was destroy my shoulder. I dislocated my right shoulder and just completely ripped apart the joint capsule since had surgery, which has been <laughs> very fun. But what happened was they picked me up, they took me, they got me in a car and took me to the ER, and when I got there guess who was there? Joe. Apparently, he had had somebody hit his, uh, hit his nose with their elbow, and his nose was just totally busted up, and he had a massive concussion. And so we had a really good laugh about this while we were all together, um, about how Joe and I can't, can't watch things. I, he can't watch things where somebody's getting hit in the face, and I can't watch things where somebody's shoulder is getting wrenched. And it was, it was a fun memory, but it wasn't very fun when it happened. I tell you all this, because it was, this led to major disappointment in my life. I had a dream of playing college basketball, and my freshman year, I had knee surgery. My sophomore year, this happened, and with that injury, my dream ended. And it contributed to a period of my life where I felt like my identity was just in question. It was a major identity crisis. I didn't know who I was, and it was this massive disappointment at that time in my life. But as I've reflected on the disappointments that, that I experienced, I also realized something. Because of that injury, I had to drop some classes. And I graduated on time, but I needed to stay at my school for an extra year to take prerequisites for physical therapy school, because I was going to be a physical therapist. That didn't quite happen, by the way. Um, but, but I stayed at that school a year longer because of the injury. Let me tell you what happened during that year. In September, I met my wife, Holland. In December, I went on a mission trip that I somehow became the leader of, that somehow along the way, God called me into ministry, and I never even applied to physical therapy school. When I got back, a friend said, hey, we we have a spot at this church that's open, and, and I think you'd be perfect to fill it. Long story short, if I had never had that great disappointment and that injury, I wouldn't have met my wife, We wouldn't have adopted our three beautiful children, and I would not have started on the track of ministry that led me here today. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you are going through a hard time in your life, God is with you. And he will use your trial for good. You know, it's not just individuals who go through hard times. It can happen to a community of faith together as well. That's really what the scripture reading that we read was talking about. It was talking about this community of faith who had gone through such a difficult period of time. You know, if you've been around Highlands for very long, you know that this church has been through a lot of trials And maybe another major staffing transition, that may feel like a trial to you as it does to me as well. But I got to tell you, I am amazed by the leaders here that I get to work with. Those that have been here far longer than I have been here. Staff, steering team, deacons, ministry leaders, volunteers, people who have seen an unbelievable amount of change and who have faced spiritual attacks in their own lives. And yet they have stayed because they believe that they are called to something bigger than themselves. And they see all of the, the trials and, and the hard things that, that they've been through and that the church has been through as evidence that they're going in the right direction because faithfulness to God always leads to resistance. I once heard someone say that even if you're on the right track, you can still get hit by a train. Individuals and in communities that set out to follow God are going to run through hard things from time to time. Psalms, in Psalm 66, we see how periods of duress provide opportunities. It said this, the psalmist wrote, for you, O God, have tested us. You have tried us as silver is tried. Faith is not faith until it has been tried by fire, and like gold or silver, been refined and shaped and come out beautiful and useful. Trials cause us to look to God with greater intensity, to pursue him with more fervor. And what did God do for his people Israel when they endured a trial? He was faithful to them. As the psalmist said, he turned the sea into dry land. In this passage, it doesn't only just tell us about the time when Moses parted the Red Sea and the people crossed on dry ground and got away from Pharaoh's army. That's part of what it's talking about. But then it's also talking about what happened 40 years later, a lesser known story when the Israelites entered the promised land and they needed to cross the Jordan River and God made the waters of the Jordan River stop so that they could cross on dry ground. You can read about it in Joshua chapter three. This goes to show that what seems impossible for us is absolutely possible for God. And the psalmist wrote that our God is the one who has kept us among the living and has not let our feet slip and he said to God, you have brought us out to a spacious place. Other translations say, you have brought us out to a place of abundance. And a literal translation of that last word is actually, it's actually the word saturation. So you have brought us to a saturation. I know you haven't done this recently, but if, I hope. But have you ever walked onto a lawn that's been overwatered? I know you haven't done that recently, but when you walk onto the, the lawn and when you step on it and when you step into the ground, the water just kind of comes out of the soil and comes in around your, your feet. That, that's, that's a land that has been saturated. And that's this image that we get, and it reminds us that God took his people from a place of slavery to a place of abundance, to a place, a land flowing with milk and honey. Isn't that a cool picture? In times of spiritual or emotional drought, it can feel hard. It can be almost impossible to imagine a time of spiritual or emotional abundance or saturation. It can be hard to imagine greater things, but that is always what God is working toward. Let me share just quickly some other places in Scripture that kind of echo this promise. And one of the darkest times in Israel's history when they were taken out of the promised land because of their disobedience and into exile in Babylon, it was through the prophet Jeremiah that God sent this message to the people. He said, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Many centuries later, the apostle Paul wrote a a letter to a young church at Philippi in which he wrote these words of encouragement being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus god wasn't going to let his good work go unfinished and jesus said about this who this about people who endure trials and remain faithful He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So I believe that God has greater things in store in your life and in the life of Highlands Church He doesn't want us to run away from him during tough times, but to pursue him with more focus. And as we head into this new school year, by the way, I can't believe that the schools are starting this Wednesday. This has got to be the shortest summer ever. Teachers, man, I am so sorry that that happened to you. (laughs) Parents are like, yes, we're ready for school to start. And students, I'm sorry to you guys too. That's that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> but as we head, in, but I digress. So as we head into the new school year, I want to share just really quickly some of the greater things that I believe God has in store for us here at Highlands. First, let me tell you what we're going to continue to be in this new year. We will continue to be a church for the community. We will continue to to look outside our walls, to meet people where they are, to look for the de-churched and unchurched and offer them the hope and the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. We've got all sorts of things coming up. September 28th, we're gonna do another PR Serve Day. I want 100% participation this year. For all of us if you weren't here last year when we did this, what we did, we arrived here in the morning early and instead of having three services, we split up and we did service projects all over this town. We're gonna do that again September 28th to bless our community. We're gonna continue to support all of these wonderful missions that, that we're a part of from Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the Link, Second Baptist, Loaves and Fishes, so many great things. We're gonna maintain our monthly support for all of those things We'll do Smash Out Hunger and Ski Patrol. We're also finding some new ways to serve our community. Um, In the next few months, we are going to start a grief share program here at Highlands so that those who've experienced loss in our community and in our church will have an opportunity to come and find a place of healing and hope and restoration And then shortly after that, we're also in the process of of getting a celebrate recovery started here so that those who are dealing with addiction in our community can have a place in in Paso to come. The closest one right now is in Atascadero. We're going to continue to be a church for the community by always being a place where you can come as you are and where no perfect people are allowed, where you can invite friends who maybe wouldn't want to darken the door of a church that that maybe they could come and experience Christ here. We'll continue to be a church for young people in the community. I want to talk to the students who are here. I know there's a few of you. We are committed to having a dynamic student ministry and children's ministry at Highlands Church. And we are going to continue um, to, to be invested in the community of students out there and also to have thoughtful programming here as well. We will continue to be also a church that changes the world This year, you gave so generously leading up to Easter for our significant sacrifice, so much so that I believe it's three communities are going to get the gift of water through your generosity. What an amazing gift. We're going to continue to bless our world through short-term trips like we've taken this year to the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Costa Rica— long-term commitments to missions like Zimbabwe and countries like Zimbabwe and Zambia, uh, and things like Operation Christmas Child, and so much more. I can't say them all. If I missed one of your favorite ministries that we do here, I am sorry that that I wasn't able to speak to all of them. In addition to what we're going to continue to be, let me tell you what we're becoming. We are becoming a church that pursues spiritual growth together. we have we're seeing some growth in the number of small groups and the number of people who are uh, involved outside of Sunday mornings and meeting together and gathering together growing in relationship with each other and growing in relationship with God we ha- we'll have another round of neighborhood life groups this fall we'll have men's ministry women's ministry young adults other small groups like our Wednesday Bible study that meets uh, downstairs more and more opportunities for you to connect with each other. We're going to have our fall kickoff on Sunday, uh, September 7th, where you will be able to get get to see all of the groups that are are going to be happening in the coming year and have a chance to sign up. If you can't be here that Sunday, you can still sign up online. So you see, I could go on and on, but I'm out of time. So you can see greater things are in store in your life and greater things are in store for us here at Highlands. I pray that when times feel uncertain for you, when you are dealing with disappointment or loss or fear or sadness, that you would pursue God, that you would run to Him. I pray that we would all do that together and that God would lead us to a spacious place. Please pray with me. Lord, you are the God who is always working, even when we don't acknowledge you, even when we're faithless, even when we turn our back on you. You are always faithful. You are always working. So Lord, help us to find the trust through the power of your Holy Spirit. Help us to lean into you, both in the drought times and the desert times, and in those places of abundance and saturation. Lord, I praise you for who you are. I praise you for what you've already done in and through Highlands Church, and I'm excited about the future that you have in store for us. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen.